Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Faith Radio podcasts are only possible because of your support. Thanks for giving and for sharing with a friend. everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're just so glad you've joined us. We are indeed. I have a question for you. Okay. Have you ever felt alone in a crowd? That can happen. You know me, I don't feel alone too often. <laughs> I love being around people. No, this is so. the woman who sits on an airplane and, and everybody, people start talking to her. Every, because, How do they know she's a shrink? Because she has this invisible sign that says, the shrink is in, yeah. the shrink is in, the shrink is in. I'm just curious about people. That's and I'm, it. I like to and you're a great everybody. listener. I love that's to right. engage people. Well, that's our topic today. We want to talk about how it might feel to feel like you're alone in your personal relationships. So we're calling it Feeling Alone Together. Yeah, and clever. this is a this is a complaint I actually have heard quite a few times in therapy. So in all the years that I've been seeing couples, this is not an uncommon thing for people to come in and say, you know, I'm in this relationship, but I just don't feel like I'm connected to my partner. I feel very alone in that relationship. And that doesn't necessarily mean, Norm, that somebody's doing something wrong. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to do everything together in order to feel this sense of togetherness, but it does mean that something is needing to be changed. Something is a problem mm-hmm. that needs to be right. worked on, and right. we have to figure out how people can feel better connected. Well, doesn't life usually get in the way, and especially the longer you're married and the more kids you have and your job and all of those kinds of things? It seems like those are great distractions for us over time. Yeah, and even you think about social media and the distractions playing video games that so many younger couples complain about that, you know, he's off playing a game with his friends for hours and hours and hours, and I'd rather have him be talking to me. So those distractions do result in a loss of personal connection for people. And fortunately, you can rebuild your friendship and your intimacy once you see the issue and you both decide we're going to work on this. Hmm. Okay, let's pick this apart, please. Help me with this. Let's go back to feeling alone. Loneliness is a subjective state of mind, right? Mm -hmm. It comes when you desire more contact, but you're not getting it. This is why it's possible to feel lonely in a relationship. In fact, did you know in a 2018 study found that almost 33, a third of people who are married over the age of 45, report feeling lonely in their marriage? How does that happen? Well, wow, that's almost half the people that they surveyed. It's a lot of people. That's that's a little bit. But it's over age 45. I wonder if that's an important factor. Well, I think there's lots of ways to get familiar in a relationship and just stop talking to each other mm-hmm. and kind of expecting that you're sort of together, but you don't really have to work at it. So if people you know, keep distant, they're not connecting, they're avoiding the other person, one of the problems is that doing all of that can build a lot of resentment and other problems. So we'll look at the signs of this later on, okay. but that's one of the reasons. So does, does this loneliness affect only one partner at a time, or can both people feel it at the same time? 
I mean, it can be one person who wants much more togetherness than the other person does. But when you you sort of dig into this in a relationship, both people sense that they're not connecting. So while one might be the person who's complaining about it, it does impact both of the people in a relationship. Okay, I want to get this straight in my head. Is it true that being alone is not loneliness or they're not exactly the same thing? Having time to yourself could be good, I would think. It is. It is. And most of us need some alone time. And even in a relationship, we don't want to be together constantly. But, you know, some people have needs for that more than others. We've often talked about this. You you can sit with a book and do things on your own for much longer periods than I can. I like that for a little bit of time, but I also like to be with other people because that's what charges me. Right. Whereas for some people, they get charged by being alone. So is this the old introvert, extrovert kind sort of discussion? Sort of, yeah, sort of. Okay, yeah. okay. The data seem to say that feeling... These feelings of loneliness in a relationship are on the rise. Is that true? Why? Well, I, I think it is. We mentioned a few of the reasons. Certainly, work and family are the most common reasons why people feel like they're drifting apart. They just get really busy. Maybe they have a taxing job or there's a lot of family demands. There's busy schedules, childcare issues. I mean, think about the number of people that are dealing with elderly parents and they might mm-hmm. have teenagers at home and they just feel like they're on the go all the time. And sometimes you feel like ships passing in the night when that happens and that can lead to growing apart. And that, of course, could lead to stress. And we know what stress can do in relationships. Yeah, stress creates a lot of tension, a lot of conflict, and it obviously puts a strain then on your relationship. But the other thing that stress does is it magnifies the problems. Hmm. So it's almost like you have a little bit of a fault line, and then when stress comes in, it becomes an earthquake because it's been there all along, <laughs> but it's good. it's exacerbating the problem. Mm-hmm. So here's an example. If you lost your job and your spouse is generally not all that supportive, then losing the job can really feel like you've been abandoned by your spouse or they're not supporting you and you feel very lonely at a time when you need some connection and some support. I think we often have expectations of one another. Are unrealistic expectations part of this growing apart? Does that have anything to do with it? Expectations play a big role in all of our relationships. And it's less than what the person is doing and more about are you feeling like what they're doing is meeting your needs. Mm, okay. So for instance, if you struggle with job problems or extended family problems, you may think that your spouse should be the person who makes up for all those problems that you're dealing with. <laughs> and you can't do that when you're a spouse. Right, you know, you have right. all these other issues going on, but if the expectation is, well, my partner should just do everything that they can to make me feel better, that's really an unrealistic expectation. And you know, you can't idolize marriage or a relationship as this perfect thing where the other person is always going to meet every need that you have right. or you're going to be disappointed. Well, of course. And communication is the key there, right? right. Here's, here are the things I feel like I need and here are the things that I feel like whatever you fill in the blanks. Yeah. So if you just communicate, you're going to feel much more connected to another person. But to do that, you do have to be vulnerable with the other person. And that means that you have to stop whatever's distracting you. You have to take some time and talk about the intimate details of your life and maybe some deeper emotions rather than always staying on the surface because you're just too busy. Even talking about things like your dreams, Norm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or the things that are are making you somewhat uncertain about life, all of those things 
are part of what brings you closer in a relationship with someone else. But this is what happens, isn't it, when the kids are gone? Because when the kids are there, you talk about the kids. You talk about school. You talk about getting them to soccer practice. And now you're talking about talking about deeper things. And then suddenly kids are gone and somebody says, I don't care what she's thinking about. It's kind of boring to me. Well, I think you just may have answered your own question about the people over 45. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> because that is often what happens. Suddenly you have these two people looking at each other. Their kids are out of the house. And they'll come in and say, we don't really know each other. And we have lost connection because we've been so distracted by other things. And that's a symptom of people growing apart. You're just not investing in each other daily, which is one of those reasons why we always say, take time and talk to your partner no matter what's going on. You mentioned social media earlier. We know it plays a role sometimes because we know people who on Facebook, for example, their life looks like it's right out of Hollywood central casting. (laughs) You know, we know a couple who were having just a really terrible time. And she constantly posted online like everything was fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Um, But those who know her would go, wait a minute. That's not what's happening Fake in her news. life. <laughs> yeah, unless, but the thing is, you compare yourself to those online couples, and then you wonder, well, why isn't my relationship like that? Mm-hmm. You know, so then you start to get these expectations that it should be like those people online, and we better do something, or I'm gonna, you know, I'm 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 too distant from my partner. Right. Yeah, to your point, a 2017 study found that people who spend more time on social media sites also report feeling higher levels of loneliness. Yeah, that it does not surprise me in any way because social media does lead to those unrealistic expectations like we just talked about, but especially in the areas of intimacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing intimate about social media when you think about it. No matter how much they show people kissing or doing yeah, something. Yeah, it's just it's just not a way it's not a way to develop your personal relationships around you. And that's one of the reasons why people are struggling and feeling alone. Look at all the number of likes people have or acquaintances or, you know, people on Facebook, and yet they still feel very lonely because those are not deep, intimate connections. No, but they're desperate to get the likes. Right. Right. But it's a superficial connection that doesn't make you feel uh, intimate with anybody. Right. You can feel lonely in that. So in these cases, do couples just accommodate each other, just kind of put up with each other? I think so. You know, this is part of what you hear again when you when you work with couples in therapy. They've, they've learned to accommodate this, but they don't feel good about it. And they feel frustrated by that because they're, it, again, it lacks this real connection. So part of the issue here is that you have to figure out what are your priorities as a couple. If maintaining that connection is really important to you, you're going to find ways to do that. If not, it's going to feel pretty empty. Mm -hmm. And that must be terribly painful emotionally to be alone. You know, I was thinking about, I had this this, uh, patient a number of years ago, and um, I'm not going to give any details or anything, but she felt very lonely in her marriage. And she would come home and every night he would be on the couch watching television and wouldn't even speak to her when she walked in the door. And she tried everything. She tried like, you know, yelling at him. She tried being super nice. She tried to get his attention. She tried all kinds of things and nothing was working. So what I had her do, which was just kind of unusual, but I said, okay, what I want you to do is when you sit down in that same room and I just want you to say, I feel really lonely. And I want you to do this every night. 
and see what happens. And not and say anything else, just not say, say anything else. Just sit there and say, I really feel lonely. I really feel lonely. And she did this for a number of weeks. And then she came back to see me. And she goes, well, great, Dr. Linda. He got up and left. He left the house. <laughs> and I said, don't worry about it. He's going to call you. He's going to call you. So he calls and he says to her, he says to her, I, okay, you feel lonely. So what do you want me to do about this? Do you want me to go in and see that woman you've been talking about all the time? And sure enough. Meaning um, you? Meaning me. (laughs) Sure enough, they came in as a result of that. So she didn't nag. She didn't demand. She sort of disarmed him with this, this quiet, this is what I feel like. And after a while, it really got to him. And that's what brought him into couples work. And they did great. And as far as I know, they're doing great today. Well, that's what you've often talked about in the past, about changing the steps of the relationship dance. The dance. That's right. That's right. Well, we've got a good idea what it feels like growing alone together in a relationship. So we're going to pick this up on the other side of the break and talk more about how to identify the problem and then renew your connection to get rid of these lonely feelings. We'll be right back with more on the Dr. Linda Mitchell Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. And I'm Dr. James Cribbs, and we co-authored a book, Living Beyond Pain. If you're one of the 100 million people suffering from chronic pain, this is a book for you, Living Beyond Pain, in stores now. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show, and today our topic is Alone Together. I know, it doesn't sound right, but wait, stay with us, because we're going to talk about how to prevent feeling lonely in a relationship. You can get more on this topic or any other relationship issues if you follow Dr. Linda on her social media, at drlindamental on X or Instagram, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker on Facebook, her website, drlindamental.com, notice the theme here, has blogs and links to her 20 books that she's written, plus our podcasts are almost everywhere. And in fact, now, congratulations, Dr. Linda, we're on Spotify. Yeah, and, and Apple and all kinds of platforms. And you can always go to myfaithradio.com, too, if you want to look. And there they do post the blog that goes along with the show. So that's a way to get two for one. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Buy one, get one free. <laughs> There's okay, no buy. get one free. <laughs> There's and no buy. Get another one free. <laughs> it's free. The podcast is free and the blogs are free. That's right. <laughs> you said we were going to look for signs uh, in this alone together relationship idea. Tell me about one of them. Well, the the really obvious one is you feel alone even when you're with your partner, <laughs> right? We have okay. to mention that because that's what this is all about. And the the problem is. You feel it, but you don't know what to do about mm-hmm. it. But we're gonna we're gonna focus on that in just a moment. Um, another sign, Norm, is you don't talk to each other. Um, maybe you feel like your spouse isn't interested in what you have to say. That's a comment I was really surprised to hear often. Mm. You know, I think we've grown apart. I don't think they're interested in the same things I'm interested in anymore. And a lot of times I'll ask them, "Well, what, what did you talk about when you first met? And has that dramatically changed?" Or maybe that's part of the problem is you're not keeping up with each other and Mm -hmm. developing interests together. And sometimes you can just, you know, tell them about your day. If you just, you and I have those conversations every day and every night. Every morning and every evening. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Here's one. People work late. And I think that's an avoidance technique, isn't it? You stay busy or you do hobbies or you go play pickleball or you do something else without your spouse. Well, and it could be too that your job requires it and that your job takes you. We know a young woman right now where her job is taking her every weekend, every night, and she has very little time to be with anybody. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, one of the signs is you rarely or never have sex. And if you're oh, I a, should have done a warning. Hey, careful now. Here comes the sex talk. <laughs> well, only if you're in a marriage relationship are <laughs> okay, we going to talk okay, about that. So emotional and physical intimacy, though, are so important in a marriage. Mm-hmm. And if that isn't happening, I would really look at that because it is not good to go a number of months or weeks or whatever unless there's something really impactful happening in your household. I would think another sign would be not being funny together, not sharing humor, telling jokes. or Because it seems to me like we laugh at the same things all the time, but mm-hmm. maybe not everyone does. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good one. Because again, when you got together with that person, you probably were enjoying each other's humor. And you probably enjoyed their quirks. Mm. And you noticed their flaws, but it was kind of cute and fun. Yeah, not anymore, right? <laughs> well, when you start to move apart, that's <laughs> one of the things that happens. <laughs> And I think one that is really hard and and probably at the root of a lot of this is that you don't feel understood and you 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 don't feel like the person is really listening to you and wanting to understand what's going on in your life because when you don't have that um you feel pretty lonely when you feel like nobody's listening to you mm. and understands you. Right. There are some people who are in the military, they're deployed for months at a time. Maybe some people are incarcerated. Mm. Uh, maybe some people are uh, abusing substances, and boy, that creates absenteeism. Yeah, it <laughs> at does, least emotionally, right? Yeah, because you're you become married to the substance, and your brain is craving mm-hmm. that, not the other person. Yeah. And you know, military deployments. We lived in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, for yep. many, many years, and our technical producer is marrying into the military. <sighs> So, Katie, Katie, you know, Katie. I don't know about it's Air Force, isn't it, Katie? Yeah, it's yeah. Air Force. We I worked a lot with the Navy when we were in right. Norfolk because that's one of the largest naval bases. It is the largest. Largest in the world. Yeah, it is the largest. Right. San Diego, I think, is the other right. big one. And there's some others. But um, we saw a lot of people who went on deployment. And I saw a lot of active duty military wives who really struggled with that loneliness, even though they were in a relationship. But those are things that are a bit out of your control. Sure. I and mean, you have to sure. work to figure out ways to connect. And now we have social media, which can connect people even on deployments, which is great. Right. Well, and then what about people who are ill or in the hospital mm-hmm. or who've had trauma or mm-hmm. grief or all of that, th- those things and, and dementia as, as people age, yeah. I would imagine there's a real separation from the emotional feeling of being together. Yeah. Cause you're with the person physically, but you're not, not mentally. There, right? um, yeah. That would be really, really hard. We've <sighs> seen that yeah. even in our own family. So there's a lot of things working opposite shifts. You know, that's, that is very hard for couples when one is working day and one is working night. Sure. I don't see how any of the things we've just listed don't result in some kind of negative thinking about your, your, your partner. Well, they can, and that's why you have to grab your thoughts, right? That's why the Bible talks so specifically about taking your thoughts captive and making sure that they're not going negative, depending on what is going on. Because we know, we've talked about it so many times on on my show, you know, where we've talked about if you have negative thoughts, it's going to lead to negative emotions, which then is going to lead to negative behaviors, which then gives your perception to be negative. Mm-hmm. So grabbing your thoughts is one of the areas that you have to learn to uh, work on in this area. And there are three areas here that are really important to identify. One is when you have a lot of ambivalence about your spouse. Mm. And I would say, you know, you just need to resolve that and say, hey, I made a commitment to this person. I need to stop being ambivalent. You know, there, there are problems maybe. There's some good and there's some bad things. 
but I need to, I need to not just kind of waffle back and forth with my feelings toward that person. But after waffling is another one of the three indifference. How's that different? Yeah, that is even, I think even worse in some ways because there's nothing worse than being in a relationship and just feeling indifferent to the person. That's one of the last stages that we typically see before divorce Mm -hmm. um, because people don't care. That's that real disconnection. Yeah. They don't, they don't want to be in it. And then there's this whole idea of feeling um, like you have this aversion to the person mm. because you don't like the way things are going and you feel lonely and you just you want to get away from them. So you got to really guard your heart against those three. So ambivalence, yeah, waffling, indifference, total disconnection. Aversion is almost hatred, right? Well, it's avoiding too. Yeah. Aver- aversion with contempt almost, yeah. which we know is a relationship killer. So if I'm feeling alone in my relationship, how do I tell my partner how I feel? Well, first you need to tell your partner how you Ah. feel. So that is part of the work. Um, And it was like with what I did with that woman, but we mentioned the story where I said, I just want you to say how you feel. Just say how you feel. You're not making any demands on the other person. But if you, sometimes if you say it, Norm, the other person will go, me too. Oh. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to talk about it, but yeah, you're right. We don't, you know, we don't feel like we're connecting on our day to day. And then, as once you identify it, you can begin then to work on it. Mm-hmm. It seems really important in that conversation not to blame. We've talked a lot about how we don't say you all the time, but you mm-hmm. put it on yourself. I feel as opposed to you always, or as my mother said, never say never and never say always in a marriage. Yeah, you have to be really careful about that because. We've given a lot of um, examples about how life just gets in the way and people just maybe unintentionally get get kind of caught up. So no blame. Just Mm -hmm. work on the problem. I'm guessing that spending more time together could be important to hear. (laughs) It is, but it needs to be quality time. So it's not just doing stuff, um, but it is it is doing stuff in some ways too, because you can go to bed at the same time. That's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Talk about your day. Just really spend some quality time making those connections. Right. That's good. How about a date night? How's that? Is that Always a good helps. idea? Yeah. Always helps. Okay. We have friends who every Friday night, grandparents take the kids and they've got a date yeah. night. Yeah. And that's their time to connect. And hopefully, but you and I have seen this. We watch couples oh out gosh. to eat and they're not, they're on their phones. They're on their phones. They're not even looking they're at each other. They're not connecting. They're not talking. So again, quality of the time matters. Okay. That's good. Okay. I have another thought. What about creating rituals? Is it too late, even later in marriage to create rituals that are meaningful? No, this rituals are really great with uh, couples. Um, you know, you and I have our morning coffee together. We read a devotional. Um, we take 10 or 15 minutes every day to talk about our day. And then we do the same thing when we come home. Now, we're not distracted with young kids right now. But even when we put our kids to bed when they were younger, we spent time doing this. So I think having moments in your day and then on the weekends and creating time together and some rituals together are great. Great. And what that means is you're going to limit all the other distractions, reading the newspaper, watching the news, getting on social media, playing games. Yeah. Just put some limits on all of that. Put down your phone, concentrate on each other. Hmm. I think maybe one of the most significant help ideas is to reexamine your spiritual life together Mm -hmm. and make efforts to reconnect in the Lord and in the Word and in prayer and uh, being accountable unto another and, and doing what Jesus said, loving one another. And doing it together. Right. So it's really interesting. I don't have a formal study on this, 
But when couples drift in their spiritual life, their marital life loses connection as well. So if you keep your spiritual life strong, you share that bond, it's going to impact all the other things we've been talking about. And it's probably the most important thing of all the things we've talked about today. Because when you're spiritually strong in your own walk, you're doing that together, you're strong together. Right. And you're less self-centered. You're more self-sacrificing. You're aware of other needs. Um, it just, you know, it just goes a long ways to keep that relationship really strong. So, Norm, if you can't seem to make these changes, then what we would say is that we would consider that you go to a couples therapist who can help you address all the things that we've been talking about. Hopefully you can build trust. You can build intimacy, empathy, and a lot better communication. A Christian therapist can help you learn more about how to connect with each other, develop that communication, and work on whatever underlying issues or distractions are affecting your marriage. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes this show a conversation, and to our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Hey, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. Become a supporter now at MyFaithRadio.com. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes and share it with friends so we can live life to the fullest, walk confidently, and find healing and hope.